0: Everyone, uh, today I'm going to be re- reading from the uh, New Living Translation. I'll be reading uh, Proverbs eight twenty-two to thirty-six and Colossians two one to three. The Lord formed me in the beginning, before He created anything else. I was appointed in ages past, and the very first, at, at the very first, before the earth began, I was. Born before the the oceans were created. Before the springs bubbled forth their waters. Before the mountains were formed. Before the hills were born. Before he made the earth and the fields. And the first handfuls of soil. I was there when he established the heavens. When he drew the horizons on the ocean. I was there when he set the clouds above when he established the springs in earth. I was there when he set the limits of the seas so they would not spread beyond their boundaries. And when he marked off the earth's foundations, I was the architect at his side. I was his constant delight, rejoicing always in his presence and how happy I was with the world he created how I rejoiced with the human family. And so my children, listen to me, for all of you who follow in my ways are joyful. Listen to my instructions and be wise, don't ignore it. Joyful are those who listen to me, watching for me daily at my gates, waiting for me outside my home. Whoever finds me finds life and receives favor from the Lord. But those who miss me injure themselves. All who hate me love death. I want you to know how much I have agonized for you and for the church at Laodicea. And for many other believers, you have never met me personally. I want to take I want them to be encouraged and knit together by strong ties of love. I want them to have complete confidence that they understand God's mysterious plan, which is Christ himself. In him lie hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Alex Stickle, pleasure to meet you. Alex and his wife and family are, are new to our congregation, so we're delighted to have you here this morning. Um, well, good morning to you all, all the way back to the fireplace this morning. Uh, great that you here, are here at TCC and worshiping with us. Um, our speaker this morning is no stranger to us. Uh, Brian Clark and his wife uh, Lisa are leaders of a ministry organization called Grace Finders. Uh, they serve on the University of Alberta campus, uh, they come alongside of students and uh, some in their time with them come to know Jesus Christ, others are discipled and uh, Brian is always and Lisa are always watching for those leaders uh, to encourage them and to spur them on to greater things. So I know that they are making long and lasting friendships with the many students that they encounter at the, on the university campus. Well, Brian had a huge accomplishment just in recent uh, months, just kind of on the side. He did his PhD, so congratulations to you, Brian. Awesome. I don't know when you find time to do something like that in the midst of busy ministry, but somehow it gets done. Brian's a wonderful friend of TCC, and uh, we're very happy to be part of his support ministry financially. We pray for Brian, and, uh, and we encourage you to pray for him now as he is teaching a class at the uh, university, a philosophy class, called World Views and Christianity. And uh, what a great opportunity for a guy like Brian to be able to insert his knowledge and his perspective of the Gospels uh, into uh, the students' lives. So, Brian, come. We're delighted to have you this morning. Uh, we're back to our theme Uh, New Year's wisdom, and we're delighted that you can be part of this uh, this morning, so God bless you. Thanks, Ken.
2: Already we have been engaged in our hearts opening to, I thank the worship team for just letting me worship. Sometimes when I'm speaking somewhere, it's like, what am I going to say, and what's going to happen, and I just got pulled in. Um, the amazing i mean already in song we sang about the cross we sang about the hope of the resurrection of the new heavens and new earth god is the creator thank you um that really really helps to come up here and uh and open god's word of course the the person who is connected to philosophy and i mean i also teach health and wellness and uh, like a kind of practical but also nebulous person But my biggest question is, why? Uh, My students' biggest question is, why? Well, what passage do you pick in Proverbs? Uh, There are so many. Where do you begin? Do do The Proverbs 31 woman, do we go back to the instructions to to young men, to women? Uh, Where do you begin? And I walk right into a series um, that's already been unfolding. But in a new year, what would you do? Well, we won't get lost in Proverbs 8 as my students would want us to get lost. They would want us to start going, well, wisdom? Who's wisdom? Is wisdom Jesus? What's, how could that be? If, if you want to talk in that depth of conversation, come talk to me after. I would be glad to do that. And I will lead us along the path of Proverbs 8 and also Colossians 2. But we focus in today on this incredible personification, this link, this echo of Jesus from Prover- in Proverbs. And so that's, keep, keep our, our minds on the big picture, even as we could get lost. Last night, I was looking through and just saying, you know, what else could I say? And I just thought, no, back away, back away. Say what, you, say what the Lord wants you to say. Before I, I begin here, let me pray. Lord, uh, already we've prayed, we've worshipped you in prayer and in song and all these things. Um, this is your family, and we are so grateful for what you've done and for the wisdom that you are teaching us through your word. And so be a lamp to our feet and a light to our path today. In Christ we pray. Amen. I can remember clearly ringing in my mind daily the words of my friend Abe, Avraham, Abraham, um, Abe, but also my boss at the time I was working flooring as I was raising support to start Grace finder back in in into this was a while ago 2003 but the words of his habit rang out Lord give us wisdom and he would pray that every day it wasn't rote; it wasn't repetition he was saying it from the heart well you know why if you're if you've been in any of the trades or any business in general the problems that would arise every day were numerous every day there were problems actually it made me anxious but after a while we just got used to it and thankfully we would be praying every day I can still hear him to this day and actually good friends still and when I go there uh, he's part of a group of men who pray for uh, Grace Finder and, and, and for the world and for, for Edmonton and the churches here uh, every Wednesday but that Prayer, Lord, give us wisdom. Maybe that's your prayer today. Looking at the news every day, I get a New York Times feed, and it's all about the political chaos, or at least what some would call chaos. Others would say something else. But the unrest, the propaganda, the personalities—just um, bring up the topic to a university student. And one student I had sobbing in my office as he, his, his family were immigrants. And he just was broken over what was happened. Another one is spouting off certain things to me, and I'm just right in the middle of it. But the prayer in all of this, in the end, Lord, give us wisdom. Can you feel that passion uh, from Abe and from students and from yourselves maybe every day? Maybe that will become part of your habit. Every day say, Lord, give us wisdom. Not many words. Well, who is the wisest person that you know? Who's the wisest person that you know? Fact or fiction? I always have to bring up the big three. Yoda, Gandalf, or Dumbledore. If I could do iClick right now, we could have a a survey. Which one wins? They all win for me. Um, and, And really, all they do is epitomize to me the wisdom that my grandpa had and that others had in my life. Um, that wisdom that we all need so desperately. And really, again, the Sunday school answer still is, who is the wisest person we will ever know? Jesus. Throughout the series, you've heard already many aspects of wisdom as a lifelong quest. Fear of the Lord, cheerfulness, speaking truth and love, a peaceful home. What came to me is what would I talk about today from Proverbs? Where would I go? And really, what, came down to, what it came down to was, how does Proverbs and Jesus connect? What is the gospel in Proverbs? And often in our, in our university conversations, we try to talk about how the old and the new have a connection, because it's all of God's story. But sometimes the Old Testament is challenging. It can just appear like commands or stories, and we don't know how to make the link. Well, today, I want to try to make that link. And this is only a glimmer, a beginning, of this. There's, there's a, a book I saw on Amazon that basically says, Exalting Christ in the Proverbs, you know, 300 pages. Uh, I'm going to read that after the fact. It's not published yet, um, but we, we can only just touch the surface. But maybe today we'll get a, a little bit of help. There are two texts today that, I, that were read, and they'll guide us um, connecting proverbs to the in the gospel to the good news of jesus but there's a passage that is crucial in guiding us through the huge maze of the bible including proverbs probably it's been quoted here before uh, many times and it's kind of a crucial one to know in interpreting the bible in gen- in general luke twenty four verse twenty seven is crucial but the whole story i should tell you first you remember after the resurrection this is the third day and a couple of disciples are walking along and they are sad. It's clearly there in the Greek, they're sad. And they think it's over. They don't know what is going to happen. All the hope of the Messiah is gone. And then Jesus just slips up beside them. And they don't recognize him, which is another conversation to have. Walking along, there he is. And, and, and as he goes along, he basically then rebukes them. Oh, foolish of hearts, wasn't this supposed to happen? Okay, really. And then he says this. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, that's a lot of scripture, all scripture. He explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Would you like to be part of that Bible study? I mean, theologians, pastors, we would love to know exactly what Jesus was saying, but there's a principle there that helps us. As Jesus says that all the scriptures concern himself, as we've been speaking on the Proverbs already, we tie it together because that's the link. The link is we read Proverbs in light of that study because Jesus says all the scriptures connect to him in some way. It's not as if every book, every verse has the same clear link, but the whole story connects to Jesus from the creation to restoration, including wisdom. It's like the song says that we'll play later. In Proverbs, Jesus' wisdoms cry. And as Paul almost seems to shout in Colossians 2, verse chapter 1 and chapter 2, in him are all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. He became for us wisdom. It's like the excellent children's Bible subtitle, the Jesus storybook. Says, every story whispers his name. Every story whispers his name. Well, two things to help us today. This is just a two-point sermon. I'm, I'm inside the three-point line. Just two for today, uh, and we'll try to we'll try to move through with some balance. First of all, the gospel and Pro- proverbs, the good news and proverbs, we see that Jesus is the source. Christ is the source of all wisdom. It's alluded to in Proverbs 8. There's an echo there. And then Colossians 2 states it boldly. All wisdom is in Christ. It's a mysterious passage. And yet, it's amazing what happens. Instead of this mysterious wisdom figure from Proverbs 8... That kind of keeps us wondering, okay, who is wisdom? Wisdom is there at the beginning. Wisdom is, is all the way along. It's, it, it, the treasures of wisdom come from this, this personification of wisdom, this, this, this wisdom of God. And then Paul just says it blunt, bluntly, wisdom is a person. That helps us. It's one thing to think of God way out there. It's another to see God who comes incarnate and walks among us. That's the God who comes. And Paul, basically, um, you can hear him shouting um, this embodiment in Colossians. The fact that Jesus lives and breathes and displays to us what the invisible God is like. The invisible God steps onto the stage. There are mind-boggling truths in Colossians. Paul has said, Jesus is the image of the invisible God. That all things are created by him. That in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. In him all things hold together. Chills up my spine. That is who Jesus is. That's the wisdom we're talking about. And Jesus is the head of the church. And in Jesus all things will be reconciled. That is our hope. The whole story is His. He is the wisdom behind it all Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God, the three in one. Well, now look at Proverbs 8 again. In a few places, we see the echo. We see how there's this connection to the creation. I was there when all those things happened. The deeps were, were there, the limits of the seas, the earth's foundations. It echoes the language in Job. 40, 42. I was the architect. I was his constant delight, rejoicing in his presence. How happy I was with the world he created. There's one echo. Wisdom is personified. You, you read it in light of Jesus and go, that sounds like Christ. We can't equate it, but we think there's an echo going on there. The wisdom of God almost sounds as if it's part of who God is. And also another part of the passage, you'll notice that There's a reference in Proverbs 8, verse 10, 11, and 18. And in in each of these verses, you see the connection to treasure. And then Paul says, in him are all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Again, a a Jewish person of that age thinking of wisdom, a person of Paul's stature. Here's an echo. Treasure, wisdom, looking back at Proverbs 8 and the echo there. We don't equate them, but what a connection. Every amazing thing mentioned in the Old Testament related to wisdom is linked by Paul to Christ, the source of wisdom with no limit. Jesus is not just enough. He's more than enough. He has all the wisdom. Some will try to say and get us sidetracked here. If you have had a Jehovah's Witness at your door, maybe you're you're here. Sometimes they'll say, well, look, Jesus was a created being. That's not what's happening here. And there's a long discussion there, but we can have that later. The text doesn't support that. The text echoes the wisdom that is Jesus. So our ongoing source of wisdom is he of which the Old Testament alludes. In one bold statement, Paul ties all the wisdom of the Old Testament, which only comes from God, to Jesus. A Jewish person at that time says that wisdom only comes from God. And then Paul says, yeah, Jesus is that wisdom. Another incredible link to his divinity. Jesus is wisdom, one with God. As a person, Jesus drank from the Proverbs himself. As divine, he is the fountain itself. Well, how does that help us, this conversation so far? when we think God could not possibly understand what we are going through. And that happens at times. Maybe you've been there. In Jesus, we find deep sympathy and understanding at every single level. That source of wisdom is available. He is available every day, every minute of our lives. When we pray and we call upon him, he hears us. As we glean from Proverbs, we can look through the lens of our source, Jesus. With his encouragement to see all things in him, we can read Proverbs with fresh eyes, Jesus' name being whispered. He's not only the source, though, he's also the path of wisdom. He's also the path of wisdom. While Jesus is unique Savior and Lord of the world, we look to his life as wisdom incarnate he is wisdom in the flesh how do you live a wise life you read the proverbs that jesus read and as jesus read them he lived them and he lived them perfectly and so as we dig into the gospels and jesus life we learn how to grow in wisdom as jesus did as a child grew in wisdom and stature in knowledge of god and of the world And so he's the path. He's he's the the beginning point and and the whole life of faith. So now we can maybe look, what's the path that Jesus lays before us? We can see it now looking at Proverbs through the lens of Jesus. What does wisdom do? Well, if we even look at chapter 8 in a few places, and we won't belabor this, wisdom speaks truth in verse 8, if you, if, you have, if, you, if you go back later and check this out, as, as Norb preached, speaking truth in love, there's a linkage. The wisdom that is echoed there to Jesus hates evil, hates pride, hates the, the things that are, are hurting a flourishing, beautiful, wonderful world. Wisdom lives for justice. Verse 20 shows us in, in chapter 8 as well. And we could go on. Those are only a few places, little points of contact. This passage personifies Jesus, our wisdom, who lives all these things among us. Now, what's the background dilemma or danger of reading Proverbs without the Jesus lens? A couple of things. We might think we can do all that is there in our own strength. Don't know if you've had that experience. I, I don't think I've had it, but it could be possible. You read the Proverbs and go, yep, okay, I'm going to be this. I'm going to do this. And it becomes very action-oriented. But that can easily become something where we do it ourselves, not in the spirit. So that might be an issue. We would probably point our fingers at the Pharisees for living the Proverbs that way. Seeing the Proverbs and going, yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Like the publican who says, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. The other person says, you know, I'm, thank you that I've, you know, I tithe. I do all the things I'm supposed to do. So that could be an issue. I'm hoping that isn't our issue. And if it is, then, then the, the text pokes at that. Or, or people who live for just wise sayings. The Proverbs are just a wise saying, and aren't they all good? Um, Confucius has Analects that are also very wise sayings. Um, If we just use it as wise sayings, then we're missing some sense of the Bible's story, um, of what true wisdom is. But I'm hoping for us that's maybe not our issue. For for myself, the second danger dilemma is more the issue, maybe more likely. We want to do these things so desperately, and yet we fail each day. You read the Proverbs, you hear a sermon, you go, yeah, that's really true. Uh, I look in the mirror every day and that isn't really true of me. And so that can also be a challenge. The words slip out, our thoughts explode, actions invade that lead us off the path of wisdom. So the gospel in Proverbs speaks against those twofold challenges. When we think of Jesus, our wisdom, we think of Jesus who takes all of our sins upon himself, forgives our sins. We cannot do it ourselves. We're the publican. Lord, have mercy. It also helps us in walking the path of faith, but humbly before our God. And so it helps to to remind us not to be those ones who think we can do it ourselves. We seek to live all these things through our source, on his path. And yet, we admit we are weak. Even Paul in one place, a challenging passage for some, where he says, O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from the body of death? He can't live the Proverbs either, the Apostle Paul. So what happens now? And then he says, Thanks be to God for the one who gives victory in the Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 8 verse 1 says, There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And so with Paul, we we also learn a life of wisdom is only through Jesus, our wisdom. You go back and look at Colossians 1 and 2 this week and see how Paul just exudes amazement. Of who Jesus is and the fact of what Jesus does on this path that God provides we look back to the source our hope we look back to the truly righteous one to the one who lives and dies in our place and we will dwell with forever the roads do lead back to Jesus not simply not just the four points but in a complexity that overwhelms us in the whole Bible. All of the scriptures are whispering his name, the story that he has made, the story that includes our brokenness, our need for wisdom, and yet we can live every day in the forgiveness and the future hope of all sad things coming untrue. All sad things coming untrue. It's why we can sing of the wonderful cross because his wisdom, his grace is like rain that showers on us each day. And that grace includes wisdom from his spirit. So our source, our path, together each day draws us by the spirit to live for him. I've seen this in my life. After I totally blow it, Maybe you did on the way here. How many times have you gotten into trouble on the way to worship? You know, the kids are move, hitting the kids in the back seat because they're, they're hurting each other, and you're like, what in the world? I remember the sore arm I used to get, and then I had to preach, Mr. Preacher Man. Not an easy thing to do after I had probably been sinning on the way to worship. Maybe my friends know this in the front. Uh, maybe not anymore. They've gained some ground too, I hope. Well, this is... How is amazing that even in that brokenness, even when I know I can't live Proverbs, that God uses my weakness to show God's strength and God's wisdom. What a gift we have, so much wisdom in Scripture to reflect upon and live. He is the source. He's the path of wisdom from all of Scripture. We close with a meditation, a song that we'll play called he is which encapsulates the, the from genesis to revelation who jesus is settle in it's about six minutes okay and just you may want to close your eyes you may you may want to watch the screen and this this will help us to to finish the gospel in proverbs and really now the gospel in the whole bible and then i'll say a few words close.
3: In Genesis, he's a breath of life. In Exodus, the Passover lamb. In the kiss he's our Fire by night, Deuteronomy, he's Moses' voice In Joshua, he is salvation's choice Judges, lawgiver, and youth the kindred redeemer First and second Samuel, a trusted prophet Kings and chronicles, he sovereign as true and faithful sky Nehemiah, he's a rebuilder Of broken walls and lines. I stir his morn, I courage In the timeless reading. season in the song the song
2: Pray. Amen. You are beautiful beyond description, too marvelous for words, too wonderful for comprehension, like nothing we've ever seen or heard. Who can match your infinite wisdom? Who can fathom the depths of your love? You are beautiful beyond description, majesty, and sh- thrown above. We stand in awe of you, Lord Jesus, Yeshua HaMashiach, the Messiah. Lord, we stand before you. We humbly bow to your wisdom as we are overwhelmed by how awesome you are. We praise your name. We go into this week seeking wisdom in you, our source, our path. Amen.